Ladies and gentlemen, as the title suggests, we are uncertified financial planners. We are not professionals. I repeat, we are not professionals. Before you make any financial decisions, please contact an official certified financial advisor or planner. Get away. Hello, and welcome back to the Uncertified Financial Planner Podcast. Uh, it's, it's been a minute since we did this, and for a brief moment, I kind of forgot what the uh, the name of the podcast was, but here we are. Ethan, how are you doing? Going well. Yeah, it's been since January twenty third, so uh, it's been a long time. We uh, we've been well, pretty busy, so that's just how things yeah. go when you got one of us about to graduate, one of us uh, applying for internships and whatnot. Uh, we get busy, so get busy. Um, life happens. Life happens. Uh, you know what doesn't stop happening, and that is the stock market getting absolutely obliterated, and Jerome Powell continuing to absolutely obliterate it on purpose, it seems, uh, which is understandable. But um, yeah, 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 it, it sucks. I just, I just don't look at it, and I think long term, I'm trying to be as positive as I can, and I had to look for some new hobbies to distract myself. Um, New side hustles to get some income coming in. Yeah, it is. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's definitely not a time to be ch- checking the stock market every day, every week. I mean, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, whatever it is, whatever you're comfortable with. You don't want to be checking it so much to where you get scared and you sell. I recently had a friend reach out. He just opened up a, a Roth IRA, put some thousands of dollars, I think $2,000 in there. Uh, she was like just asking me tips on like how to um, you know, be smart about it. Like I was like, you know, I, when I first started in every hour, every day, I was looking literally almost every hour of the day while the market was open. And that's just not healthy. Uh, and it makes you feel a little bit more short-sighted than you should be. Um, what I should have told her to do is listen to the uncertified financial planners podcast. Uh, so I might shoot her a text after this and say, Gave you a shout out in the, hey. or in, in the podcast episode, and you need to listen to ASAP. So, yeah, hey, don't be a silly button. Yep, exactly. Yeah, but um, not a fun time to be a, a financier. Um, we were talking before we started recording. Um, when I recently applied for a job, some investment analyst, and to do it, I had to. Um, write a report using this company's, this firm's models and their methodology to do a report. And I chose Intel. Uh, what a stinker. <laughs> um, I remember mentioning that one. That was one of our few. We'll come back to that at the end of the episode. Uh, all the ones we've talked about have done really well, um, despite the economy. But Intel was one of those stinkers that did not. Um, and it's hurt me. But I still own it. But what I'm getting at in the review I did, I did discounted cash flow, which you know isn't important to the um, beginner investor, um, but it just analyzes their share price based on how much future money they're going to get and based on predicted growth and uh, income from that. And 
it's not Intel is not as bad a company as as the market is telling the story that the market's telling um, their share price is down pretty significantly this year since they missed earnings and they don't do that very often they've been a very consistent company it's just not not a good one. It's not like, hey, man, get on, get on this one like Crocs, you know, like Crocs was. Um, it's just very mediocre and disliked by the, the market right now. Oh, definitely. And, uh, you know, you bringing up Intel reminded me of our portfolio that of the stocks that we've uh, suggested. And uh, oddly enough, Ford Motor Company is going ballistic. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit of the statistics. Out of all the stocks, the annualized return, I don't really know how important that is, but Best Buy is in third place for annualized return at 123.34%. Well, That's pretty big. Crocs is in second place at 3,498.36% annualized return. <laughs> These numbers might be a little off because I don't know how they got them because Ford Motor Company comes in at an annualized return of 11,406.5%, baby. Talk to them. There we go. Talk to them. There we go. Uh, the portfolio has actually done pretty good. Return year to date is actually 4.64%. I'm actually pulling up the S&P year to date right now, uh, but it is not 4.4%. It is actually 2.46. So we're outperforming the market by roughly 2%. We are those guys. We always say, though. Uh, That's alpha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're awesome, basically. Uh, as we always say, you know, we do do the research so you don't have to, but also do your own research. Just because we suggest something doesn't mean you should do it as well. But portfolio is doing pretty good uh, compared to the market. Um, so yeah, um, any any percent. Oops, so you reminded me of that by bringing yeah. up Intel, though. So how about Ford? Mode? Yeah, what a, what a stinker! What a little dumpster fire! But like the market just doesn't like. Any company right now, you know, like Intel is not good, but it's not as bad as what they're doing. Right. Um, even based on like a generous estimate from the the methodology I was using for this this company's report um, to get an interview, they won't be back to their fifty two year high for a hundred years based on true value. It'll take over a hundred years for them to get back to $52, which was their high, I believe. It was 48 or 52. It's been a long time. Yeah. All right, well, right now they're sitting at 26. So to double yeah, in, no. in value, it's going to take over 100 years. All else all else equal. You know, in economics, they say, et cetera, paribus, Latin for all else equal, with a certain X amount um, annual growth rate, and they keep their margins the same as they are. Or the same as they have historically been. It take a hundred years. Yeah, pretty brutal. I'll be honest. For the true value, not the market value, because the market's just off. Right. I, I think it just sucks, man. Uh, I want to say it's um, the true value of Intel is really like if I remember, it's been a been a couple of weeks since I did this, but uh, like thirty two dollars a share or so. So it's it's undervalued technically, but it's just not. It's it's still not lucrative. Yeah, no, uh, there's 
you could almost say that every stock's undervalued compared to where they have been uh, just because the market is yeah. down. So uh, understanding yeah. the difference of true value, intrinsic value that a company has, and then the difference mm-hmm. of market value. Do you think GameStop, when it went up to $300 a share, is that true value or is that the market value? Or is, is it even market value at that point? Is it not just something that's going – just – Know, something that's being taken advantage of and abused so yeah um yeah you gotta you gotta know the difference uh to to protect yourself from further losses you may get lucky and have huge gains but uh chances are you probably won't be so lucky yeah i mean my, the company that I, that I applied for um did an article they have this really cool thing i don't want to say anything to implicate who it might be because i don't want to work for the job for mentioning in the podcast Crazier things have happened. So I'm not taking definitely, any chances. Um, crazier things have happened. Uh, but they did an a, uh, article on GameStop and Netflix. Netflix, this was interested too, how overvalued it is. Um, but basically, like GameStop share price would implicate that they would have to grow 20% annually for 20 years to be worth what they're trading for right now. Um, Which is and they've had negative growth for the past five years. Like that's not <laughs> gonna happen. No, and that's why I don't know. I think we're just seeing a massive market correction of a shift towards market value, towards real economic value. Um, investors are realizing how speculative things have gotten, and everything is going down. And I think that's what this is. In addition to all the you know macro. Interest rates, Powell, whatever. But. I mean, the good thing is, is depending on the age of the listener, but for us at least, is that it's happening now. Like healthy markets correct themselves. Yes. If the market yes. continued on the trajectory that it started in 2021, COVID, or I guess 2020, then it would be very, it would be brutal. Uh, it'd be brutal yeah. where we would be maybe 20 years from now when the S&P 500 is sitting at like 10,000, whatever it could be, if it continued on its on its trajectory back then. And then we see a half of it getting cut, you know, the market getting cut in half, if not more, because we finally corrected. I'd rather we feel, you know, 25, 30% loss now and, and start start back up after the correction. Yeah. Uh, 10 years from now or when I'm about to retire, like some people have seen. Uh, so, I mean, that's just what happens when you go basically almost, you know, a decade and a half without any kind of your correction. I mean, we basically went from 2010 to 2022 without a correction. So 12 years, uh, you know, you're going to see uh, implications come from that. So um, yeah. and that's why, you know, Something that I, I think is very important for an investor is just a lot of times you'll have failures or like today the market was down, I think 1.84% the S&P 500 was. Ouch. That's going to hurt, right? You're going to be like, dang, you know, for somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, you may have lost bucks or 70 bucks or, you know, some people maybe lost 5,000 or more. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But the point is, is that because today you saw some failure, yes, you know, just because today you fail doesn't mean tomorrow, you know, basically, let's get it, let's get to the quote that I have written down. But yesterday's, Ooh, yeah, of course, you, I, I was trying to speak it into, to, you know, to my own words, it's just not going to happen this time. 
So uh, the quote goes like this. Don't let yesterday's failures discourage today's accomplishments. Oh, yeah. Bring it home. Bring it home, baby. You know, just because you, you made some mistakes yesterday, uh, or maybe yesterday is today. Maybe you made some mistakes today. You sold a stock too early. You bought a stock and it went down immediately. That's okay. You shouldn't be willing. You shouldn't already be willing to sell a stock. You shouldn't have never bought a stock if you would be willing to sell it in the same day or the next day. You should be looking at stocks or even ETFs or mutual funds that last you years. Uh, that should be what yes. you're looking for. You know, obviously when I first started, I was looking for those short-term winners. You get taxed more. So in the, in the long run, you may not even be enough money for it to be worth it. Uh, but yeah. point is, Build-A-Bear went absolutely ballistic. <laughs> I own it. So it was amazing. It was an amazing day for, for Build-A-Bear. Basically corrected feelings towards the day. For perspective, at the close yesterday, uh, Build-A-Bear closed at $20.58. If you look at their five-day chart on, on Yahoo Finance, for the last five days until mm-hmm. today, they were basically flatlined. Uh, and so they closed at twenty fifty eight yesterday. Opened within an hour and a half of opening immediately 2646 we'll gain six dollars in pretty much you know i guess technically an hour and a half of the market being open which is awesome i sold it actually 2601 uh but i bought the i bought the shares at five dollars and 51 cents so you know big time profit i also held that stock for roughly two years so it will be a long-term uh you know, it'll be taxed as a long-term uh, asset. So yeah. that's the good news. Uh, enough about that, though. That's um, just one win that I've had today, uh, or literally hey, in the last celebrate like, year. So that's good. <laughs> celebrate them. Um, yeah, and like the sucky market that we've been in since the creation of this podcast, really. Yeah. Um, we've been over half a year. It's pretty crazy to think about. Um, but it's important to find other things to do to keep you occupied because if you're not careful, you'll just watch the market and sell and stress, you know? And it's fun too, but if you can't handle it, you know, like, what was that quote you have about behavioral finance? Like, over half of it is emotional. Yeah, no, you know? yeah, definitely. So, personal experiences with money make up like 80% of how you're going to act. Yes. So, if you're just watching it and putting your heart on your sleeve, so to speak, with the market, you're going to lose <laughs> every time, Yeah, every time. So just find other things to do. Definitely, definitely. Um, these are extremely important. Money should not be your hobby. Yeah. It says in the Bible that money is the root of all evil. That is very true. Mm. If you focus on money, you'll never have enough, and you'll forever want more and long for more, and you'll never be satisfied. Yeah. Um, and that's something that can really eat up uh, your insides and make you feel just kind of bad all the time. Um, you know, finance is guided by people's behaviors, uh, not by rules and laws. Rules saying that you're going to win every time or that you're going to lose every time. But you will win every time if you have your behavior in check and you're not so, you know, stubborn or you're not so emotionally attached to something. I've had Build-A-Bear for two years. It's been so consistent for me. I didn't want to lose that stock. I'm never probably going to be able to buy back in. And now I'll never have it again. So if it goes to $50 and I'm wanting to punch myself in the face a hundred times, 
And I'm just going to always be caught on that. I needed to move on. Is that It's not personal. It's business. Uh, and that's something that's important to remember in life in general, that things are not always personal. It's just business. It's just how it has to happen. Uh, getting your emotions, you know, when it comes to finance, out of the picture is very big, especially if you want to, uh, you know, achieve financial freedom. And, and I, one more thing, and then I, I won't steal the show any longer because I feel like I'm talking uh, very long. But a lot of people believe that to be a good investor, you have to know everything. You have to have the best stock pick for this year or this month. Like a lot of people just think that good investing comes with experience. Um, but it's not just about what you know, but it's also about how you behave. You can't, you'll never be a good investor. You could pick the best stock, the, the stock that wins every time. If you don't know how to control your emotions or your behavior when it comes to it, you'll never win. You'll sell too early or you'll buy too late. And so just understanding that it's not about what you know, but how you behave. That's very important. So, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to segue into this topic because I've got a really good joke I just thought of and don't want to forget it. Um, but like you want to put your your money in the bank, not your heart. You know you don't want to expose your peace of mind to markets because you'll lose it. But a big part of that is uh, is hobbies. It's something else to do, and this is the segue for the joke. You know, um, I've been getting really into cooking as a hobby, and you know I've been I've been chasing different kind of bread. You know what I mean? Okay. That was that was the joke, and it was not worth it when I said oh, it. That was amazing. But I mean, like bacon bread, bro. Like it's cheaper. It's make it yourself. It always tastes better. Everything does. And uh, dude, making your own loaves of bread is so much cheaper. Oh yeah, I mean, look, you don't have to have to make money in the stock market to make money. Yeah, saving, saving saving money is making money. Money is basically not losing it, which in turn means that you're keeping slash making money. Either have the chance of keeping yeah. how much money you have or losing it. Well, you know, yes, being by going to the grocery store, in the stuff to make bread rather than the bread itself. I'm assuming is what you do is a lot yeah. a lot cheaper than just buying the bread, right? So. Yeah, a good, you know, this isn't a bread podcast, a breadcast, but it only takes four ingredients to make a great loaf of bread. And I got them in bulk and I've been making, I've made like 10 loaves in two months and I haven't had to resupply yet. So like, come on. This is the uncertified bread podcast. <laughs> uncertified baker podcast. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but for real, like, just find something else to do that fills you up. Because if you don't, the economy's. I'm not a bet. I am a betting man. We've talked about DraftKings many times, but <laughs> um, I, I would bet that the economy's not going to get any better for a while. So find something else to do. You can learn about it, but don't make it everything. Yeah, this is a good time to learn about the market, but not become obsessed with it. Uh, yes, it's a good time to figure out why things are going negatively. And to understand that no matter what stock you pick, or how valuable you think it may be, or how undervalued you may think it be, it doesn't mean Italy squat to put it in a respectful way. It doesn't mean anything. Like 
just because you think Ford Motor Company or because I think Ford Motor Company should be the high, you know, twenty thirty dollars rather than twelve, mean that it's going to ever be twenty or thirty dollars, regardless if I think it should be. Understanding that the market yeah. does not care about your feelings, facts don't care about your feelings. Uh, that's, oh, what, that's just how it is. But I do, I do want to touch on this because uh, it's kind of going back to what we were just talking about of people just having their expectations a little too high. It leads to a lot of damaged opinions on finance uh, because they just expect, since we live in the most prosperous country in the universe, the history of the world, that being USA, talk to them. Uh, let's go America. Talk to us nice. Talk to us nice. But just because of that, they think that they deserve or have the right to have every penny on the planet, which is not how it is. Um, so just a little statistic for you guys. So income has doubled since roughly the 1950s. But our expectations more than doubled. So when you make double the amount, but you're not receiving double the amount, or you, you're expecting more than double the amount, and you're always going to be... And I think that's why we're having a mental health pandemic in this country is because our expectations have gone so out of the out of the world. We live in the best country in the history of the planet that we don't know what to do when we don't get what we expect. And so it's not about having your yeah. expectations so low that you don't ever expect anything good to happen to you, but it's about balancing out your expectations uh, because, like I always say, happiness defined as expectations minus reality. You'll never be happy if your expectations are higher than what your reality is. I have a friend that I'm roommates with who said that he wants to die with $100 million in his bank, well, in assets, total assets. And I told him it's not, it's just not, like that's not feasible. It's very, very unlikely for anyone to, that you even know. You've met a thousand people. I doubt a single one of them ever have $100 million in the bank account. So that's a high expectation. Star, it's going to be hard to be happy if you have that high of an expectation. Understanding that, ex that expectations grow faster than income, you'll never be happy with your money or your life. Uh, I think that's the number one foundation. A smart financial person is understanding that because your income's double doesn't mean your expectations should be more than double. So. I could touch on that for a lot longer. I don't want to steal the, like the show, like I said earlier. Uh, but I think Ethan, you are the show. I appreciate that. Um, I think behavioral finance will see becoming the literal focal point of finance in general. It'll be. You know, I know that AIs are starting to take over. Um, you know, a lot that has Fair to do point. with finance. They're going to start to see by doing so. There's going to be a little bit of a disconnect. Um, and so those who are still good with treating people with respect and being around people and communicating with people, I think behavioral finance yeah. will find out is still very important um, because, I don't know, I feel like, I don't know, it, it just gets dangerous when the taste of having more increases ambition faster than satisfaction. If I can drop some wisdom. Mm. That's a quote. Yeah, get, that is a quote. It's dangerous when the taste of having more increases ambition faster than satisfaction. 
just because this is the problem with the world. I'm going to rant and, and I hope it doesn't take too long. I, I apologize for taking so long on, on these points, but no, 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 no. The problem with society now is you work five years to get promoted. Once you're promoted, you don't, you don't enjoy it. You're looking at for the next promotion. Now you, you just got the promotion you've been working for five years for, but you're not even satisfied. Ambition has completely wiped away all satisfaction because that, that's the problem with the world is everyone's looking for the next thing. Oh, they have that. I want that. I'm not satisfied with what I have anymore, even though yesterday I was when I bought this brand new ER8 or whatever. I just bought this brand new outfit to wear to work. Now I see somebody else has a cooler Rolex watch than me. I just bought mine yesterday, so now I have to go get that one. The point is, a little off topic from finance, but it also ties back into finance. When I see that my neighbor has more money than I do, I'm never going to be happy with the money I have. A lot of people look over their fence to the other neighbor's yard, and they say, oh, look at the new grill they just got. And so they're not going to be satisfied with their own yard. point is, until I get that grill, point is, Mow your own grass. You got to take care of your own stuff where you can ever worry about somebody else's. You should be focused on. Amen. Amen. So there's my rant, my ramble with uh, what's wrong with society. Um, I like it. There you go. I like it. That's about all I got, man. That's all I got. I can go on forever, and I think that that's probably not good. So uh, I think I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Enough is enough. That's enough. Don't let you drone pal. All right. We'll see you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you guys in the next episode Uh, monthly from here on out because we are busy, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) All right. See y'all. Lost and found, I can't be found. I'm way too high up off.